This is The Social Geek Radio Network. Hello, geeks, and welcome to Social Geek Rockstars. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliar. My rock stars today, Kristen Pahacek, Amanda Dempsey, and Patty Rother. Today, we'll decode and destroy corporate speak. Let's lose the bad cliches and start speaking like real live human beings. Today's episode is brought to you by ServiceMinder, Hughes, and the panel is next after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. Some of the worst things I've seen recently are just these constant messages reminding me that I didn't get back to you on your first message, right? Kristen, let's start with you. You you uh, sort of introduced this topic along the lines of, as per my last email. So why do people do that? Why do you remind me that I didn't reply to you the last time? I don't know, but what kills me is when you get the ones that are like, type back one if you're mildly interesting. <laughs> type back two if you don't wanna ever hear from me again back three if I can buy you a cup of coffee after they've already messaged you like three times. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, is this some Ukrainian law that if someone responds with a number, then it's okay to put them in their CRM? <laughs> like what what's going on with this? So how many of these emails or LinkedIn messages, Kristen, do you think you get in a week right now that that just make you wonder why you're wasting time with this whole thing? I mean, it's probably five a day, to be honest. I mean, it's up there. And I try to get back to people because, you know, I'm on the sales side too. Like I get it, mm -hmm. I know. But also it is hard to keep up. And, um, you know, it, it, you do respond at times and they keep at you, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I understand my, now might not be a good time. But like, let's plan for the future. What does six months down the road look like? Let's have 20 minutes to discuss. And it's really hard to fit those types of discussions in the day-to-day, -day, especially during busy periods like right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I keep at you. Yeah, I always wonder too, if somebody really is trying to nail down a date and a time, is this some directive that came down from whatever corporation that you have to have so many meetings on the calendar, you know, by the end of this quarter or something like that? So I always wonder, really, are we going to have a real conversation or am I just holding a place on your calendar? Yeah. Helping you get your year end bonus. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Glad to help. Um, also joining us today, Amanda Dempsey. Amanda, you've got, um, 
you've you've got a lot of uh, of legal speak that might be added to this conversation. Is there anything that when we talk about corporate speak that sort of jumps out at you right from the beginning? Yeah, that's true. I do have probably an interesting perspective on this. I like to joke actually that I do not get that many um, inboxes because people don't like to talk to lawyers. <laughs> um, but I actually wish that were true because it's actually not. I do get a fair amount of LinkedIn um, solicitations. And I would say generally that my biggest pet peeve is that they'll say um, from the outset, like, I noticed this thing about you, right? Which is mm -hmm. maybe just kind of a random thing from my profile. But then uh, the message that I get is not very tailored after that. So it usually has very little to do with what I do or who I am and is like only tangentially related, I would say, to even anything about me. So I know, again, kind of similarly that it's just like kind of filling a quota of number of, uh, you know, solicitations that those people have to send every day, unfortunately. Um, and I think, you know, lawyers are good targets for certain types of people. And so they think every lawyer is part of that, you know, target. So I get a whole lot of those that are kind of like off, you know, really off base. And I, I also do try to respond and just say, like, listen, I'm not really what you're looking for, but, you know, um, just kind of take me off your list. But um, yeah, but legalese is my love language. So I have a fair amount of um, of experience with kind of like business talk and, and how that can be effective or, or not so effective. Um, and I think, you know, for me that my... The biggest issue with it is is just are we being clear in what we're asking? Are we are we using it to be snarky or passive aggressive, um, or are we using it to really kind of like further our purpose? Right. So, if we're using kind of a buzzword that nobody knows what that means, then it's not really helpful to the conversation. Or if we're just trying to put things um, in a way that appears kind but is not really kind, <laughs> like as per my last email, I think usually has like a bit of a snarky tone to it. Um, <laughs> everyone kind of knows that at this point. And so it doesn't really advance kind of, in, in my view, when I receive those types of messages, it doesn't really advance that person's purpose with me to kind of point out before that, uh, you know, they think they were clear in the last email. <laughs> yeah. Patty, let's get your take on it. Um, you know, working with a brand like Frios, and all of the other things you've done in franchising, I, I would imagine you're a pretty good target for a lot of uh, of email spam, in-mail spam, and all of that sort of thing. Are, are you still getting just a ton of this per week right now? Yeah, I absolutely get a ton. And I think what Amanda mentioned is so crucial because I think the thing that peeves me the most about like business jargon um, is that it's so inauthentic. Yeah. And it's really imprecise. So I'm just a type of person that's usually really straightforward. And I hate when people use like jargon to beat around the bush or not tell you exactly what they want or need from you. You know, I respond to in-mails as much as I can, just because I've been on that side of sales. I've never done like the hard sales push, but I get it when you're, when you're under pressure and you just need to like get these out and book so many appointments on your calendar so your boss doesn't yell at you that day, whatever it might be that they're facing. But I always ask them, like, what is it that you need exactly? How, mm -hmm. how can I help you exactly? Um, because it's so hard to tell with some of the, like, things that people say. And, and for me, right, English is my second language. So even more so, business jargon and, like, idioms, the English language is already hard enough 
it's so um, excluding to certain people. If you're in a meeting and you're like, let's circle back or that's low hanging fruit or all the silly things that we say, it's hard if your team isn't English as their first language, because sometimes there's times in meetings where I'm like, I have no idea what that means. I have no <laughs> idea. And I'm sitting there trying to rack my brain. Like, you know, my mom was the worst at like destroying English idiot idioms. And so a lot of the ones that I know and think I'm saying correctly, I'm destroying. Um, so she would always say things like, you can't lead a dead horse to water. And I'm like, I don't think that's what it is, mom. I don't, I don't think that means <laughs> But you, you can't, you're right. So are you saying like, that's an impossible <laughs> thing to do? I, I, my, my brain like can't wrap around it. So I think too, you know, DEI is so hot right now. People are talking about it. They're building budgets for it. Language needs to be inclusive. And I think business jargon can be ostracizing often um, and imprecise at best. DEI in itself is on the verge of becoming one of those terms that, you know, like, well, what do you guys do? Well, we do DEI. Okay. What does that mean? What, what do you do? You, you, you talk about it, you help people, you make companies better. Like what exactly do you do? And and I, I have a fear that it's just going to fall into the, the sea of, you know, three letters uh, that, um, that just don't mean as much as maybe it did a year or so ago. Right. The three letter thing is so interesting too. I feel like Kristen, you probably relate the most as a marketer, but there are so many times where I'm in a meeting and I'm like, I don't know what that stands for. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just explain what that stands for before we move on? Has anybody ever oh. had to, and, and be honest about this, have you ever been in a meeting or on a Zoom call and had to Google a three letter acronym? 100%. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and I'm guilty of using them as a marketer all the time. I have to be like, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense to anybody who is not a marketer. Yeah. We have to remember to like break it down. And Jack, you sent a funny um, kind of meme yesterday. I think it was. I think you even posted it on LinkedIn, which I it, did, you know, yeah. was so accurate. It's like yeah. the CPM and ROI and CDP. Yeah. I mean, my God, how do you keep them all straight? Tom Fishburne, the marketoonist, the guy who makes these just brilliant yeah. cartoons about marketing stuff. And he, he he talks a lot about corporate speak and just, you know, silly things that marketers say. It was one of those where I actually had to Google a couple of the three-letter acronyms because I was like, I think I know what that means. But before I post this, I want to make sure I know exactly what it means because because somebody's going to ask me about it, right? What's an ICP? Uh, oh, sure. Well, hold on a second. Let me tell you about that. But yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I think now that we're making fun of 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 some corporate speak, everybody kind of steps forward and says, "Yeah, me too." We 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 get it. We we try not to do that. Does anybody have experience within your your current companies where you've you've kind of put your foot down or somebody raised their hand and said, let's stop using these acronyms or let's stop using these abbreviations because we're we're not being clear in our communications? Any any experience with that? Oh yeah, Mark, my boss, um, CEO of Massage Lux. Anytime an acronym comes out is like, ah stop 
because <laughs> nobody understands what you're saying. And so that was a big adjustment coming from a company where I had a big marketing team and we all kind of spoke the same language to coming to a company that doesn't have a, a large marketing function, right? Smaller brand um, and not speaking the same language and having to work more cross-departmentally. That's a big adjustment. Um one that I still catch myself in, right? Where I'm talking my lingo and not not the company's lingo. So yeah, absolutely. Amanda, you've uh, had some experience in that too? Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the things kind of interesting about my position is, I mean, I represent um, multiple brands, right? That all have their own kind of institutional speak. <laughs> and so I spend a lot of time with clients, like when I onboard a new client, like very... Um, just kind of like an inclusive, like, you know, conversations with them from the early, early stages talking about, you know, what do you call certain things, right? I mean, they may be things that are understood kind of across the industry, but, you know, what is it that we're talking about when we use this term, right? Because that is not necessarily, so let's just use gross sales. We'll use that as an example, right? Which is like kind of one that people would be familiar with. I mean, that can mean many different things across different brands. And so, when I'm getting information from clients, I need to know that, you know, what they're saying is exact also what I'm understanding that to mean, right? Because, you know, I'm trying to like advance whatever it is that they want me to advance with, you know, multiple people. So we have to make sure we're all on the same page. And I mean, some of those get a lot more kind of brand specific, right? Like they may have certain initiatives that they're running or promotional programs, although have franchise agreements, um, you know, that are different in different, you know, time periods that the brand's been around. I mean, some of them have been around, you know, for decades. And so things have changed over time. So it's really interesting to see, um, especially when I'm working with a new client, like how much they um, assume that everybody knows about this language that they use. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's, it's an interesting exercise, but I do find myself like really all the time kind of breaking down those words and really kind of trying to figure out what the actual definitions of them are. And I mean, it's really easy to get burnt. I mean, just thinking that, you know, a definition of something when, you know, you really haven't. So um, yeah, it happens kind of all the time in what I do. And um, I always say as an attorney, I love a well-crafted definition um, for sure. So, (laughs) so I'm always trying to like, you know, get to, get to the heart of that, but it's definitely, um, you know, as we were discussing earlier, it can definitely be limiting for people that just are not aware um, of what it is, or just, you know, you're sitting in a meeting and you think you have an understanding of, of what that is. And then it turns out to be something completely different. It's just not always the clearest way to kind of communicate your message. Yeah. Patty, you mentioned earlier that sometimes some of this language could also be seen as not being inclusive. And I never thought about that before, but it, it almost makes it feel, it could make someone feel like, wait a second, I'm not prepared for this conversation when actually they are. It's just someone is, is throwing terms out there that, that you shouldn't be throwing out there because let's face it, not hundred percent of the audience knows what, what this particular term is. Yeah. And I think we've probably all been in a meeting with like that token person that just speaks in jargon and buzzwords and like <laughs> says all of the hot new things that you need to say, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, you know, bleeding edge or let's leverage this or, oh, you know, oh, circle let's back. Oh my God. Pivot <laughs> last year, two years ago, there's so many. And I think, you know, I was reading, um, I think it was in psychology today 
um, they were talking about kind of this idea of jargon and buzzwords and all of that. And they were referring it to as a sign of anxiety. Like the person who is using the buzzwords is actually the one who's unprepared and is trying to use these like fancy terms to make themselves a little more elevated in the conversation. And I think that's when it comes back to me as just inauthentic and obviously like not including the whole group of people that you might be talking to. Um, but I thought that was so interesting because from that perspective, then it kind of changes your view of that person maybe and and steering the conversation in a different way. Um, like I said, I think when English is your second language, you choose your words really carefully. Um, and so, you know, I've been on the sales side and the marketing side, the training side, franchisee facing, franchise or facing. And I think the way that I speak is so intentional because I'm trying to be inclusive, like even little things, um, like trim the fat sounds so innocent, but if you think about like body inclusivity, that's probably not a great term to use mm -hmm. around, you know, people in different bodies. Um, so just thinking through the, the vocabulary you use and the terms that you use, I always say franchise agreement instead of FA or multi-unit development agreement instead of MUDA, um, you know, things like ROI to a potential franchisee probably doesn't mean all that much, but if you say profit or your return or money in your pocket, you know, like yeah. simplifying it down can be super helpful too, I think. You just hit on one of my favorites of all time, ROI. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, first of all, let's, let's see how we can figure out the return on every conversation, phone call meeting that you've ever had in your life. It, it, it's just a bad way to try to run a business to begin with. But the term itself, ROI, is like, wait a second, are, are you just trying to appeal to the chief financial officer in me? Or, or is this something that is actually going to help this company? So I think that's one that if, if we could all take a pledge to, um, to, you know, make a list of things we're not going to say in 2023, I think, I think that'll probably be on the top of my list. I think another one for me might be game changer. Oh, game changer. Game Tell changer. me about that. Oh, this is such a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> that one drives me crazy for some reason. Kristen, any more from you that you absolutely just want to cut out of everyone's vocabulary for next year? Um, I mean, what I think is funny is because half the time I'm remote, but still am told we'll take that offline. And I'm like, well, actually, no, we won't. <laughs> We can move it to the next online conversation. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you guys yeah. did it. Yeah, we're going to take that offline. Well, oh. everything's online, so. <laughs> wow, lovely. Uh, Amanda, anything you want to take out of our vocabulary for next year? I will say, I mean, this one was mentioned before, but I'm not a big fan of circle back. I Because to me, circle back is meaning like we're going to put this off until you know, some yeah. undisclosed, I'm, I'm punting this down. Punting is another one. I just said it. Punting, like kicking the either. can down the road. There's another one. Totally. Oh, I'm not a big fan of punting or circling back. I just feel like let's just deal with it now. Like if we're having an issue, like I'd rather not circle back. Um, and one of my favorite kind of um, 2020, like, you know, pandemic working from home memes was posted by like a woman who was working from home. And um, she said, I never knew my spouse was a circle back guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Because they had never kind of, you know, like heard each other on work calls before. And I, it's just stuck with me. I mean, it's just so funny. And 
she just kind of went on about like how it just really bothers her that he's a circle back guy and she never thought of him <laughs> in that way. Hughes powers the networks that people and franchises everywhere depend on. Hughes enables franchises to attract and retain more customers and create consistent brand experiences across locations. And once the right network is in place, franchises can further use their existing equipment, like providing secure Wi-Fi for guests or deploying digital signage to engage customers. A secure, high-performing network can protect a franchise against data breaches and the harm they can cause the brand and business. Hughes is small enough to care, large enough to succeed. Reach out and find out how Hughes can become your networking partner. Call Carl Udler at 301-601-6427 or visit Hughes.com slash franchise. You notice that all of these terms are things that, you know, circle back, punt, kick down the road, kick the can down the road. We come up with these euphemisms for things that we don't want to deal with right now. But if it's something that we're going to deal with right now, it's pretty clear. You know, we're going to talk about this right now. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk. We're let's going to deep real. dive. Right. Oh, we're going to deep dive. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's but, put all hands on deck. Let's get to the bottom <laughs> of this. Real. Yeah. I I always want to say when 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 the analogies are just kind of ridiculous. It's like you realize all hands on deck means we're about to sink. Right. You know, like, like that's not something we really want to get into right now. So um, Patty, you mentioned meetings a few minutes ago. We spend most of our lives now, it feels like, especially, um, especially those of us who are involved in marketing, we spend much of our day on zoom or whatever your, your, your flavor of video chat is these days in meetings how has this changed over the past few years and and how has it gotten worse? And does anybody see an improvement anytime, you know, let's say post pandemic, has anything gotten better or are we just sort of going down the trail that we already know? I mean, it's so interesting. I feel like when the pandemic hit and, you know, discovery days went virtual, things like that. Um, there were some efficiencies definitely found where companies were like, oh my God, this used to be a two day thing. And now Mm -hmm. it's a four hour call that we can just, you know, streamline and and really get to the points that we need to make sure we cover, but kind of get rid of all the fluff and all the like dog and pony stuff, which I just use so many terms. Um, (laughs) Dog and pony. There we go. Yeah. I think it's been really interesting to see brands like forced to boil down exactly what they're trying to convey and who they are and, you know, what they're about and what their specific, you know, thing is that they want to compel people to. Um, And so I think there's been some improvements there. I would say that not every single call has to be a video call. That's something that drives me Mm -hmm. up the wall right now is that like, Mm -hmm. if you want to talk to me, you don't have to schedule a call on my calendar every single time. And it certainly doesn't have to be a video call. Um, especially being like a working mom with an infant right now, like there are times where a video call really doesn't help and and serve me in that moment. Um, so I'm trying to just call people on the phone and surprise them and not say, you know, Hey, how does your Tuesday look? Can we grab something on the calendar? Like back in the day, we used to just call people and it worked. Imagine. Really well. And <laughs> Imagine people, that. people used to actually call me and, and 
like a psychopath, I would actually just pick up the phone and answer right? it, not knowing who was on the other end. Imagine It's that. crazy. So I try and do that now more, especially in like the friend of sales process with candidates, like just text and call and be really clear and concise with the communication and not need everything to be like scheduled and on a calendar. And like, there's nothing worse to see your, your calendar the next day and just have like back to back filled up. Calls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing about the calendar being filled up with video calls is there's this feeling that if, if something's scheduled for an hour, we have to take that entire hour right now, if you're working on some sort of hourly billing, that might be one situation. But for those of us who are just trying to get, you know, some information out of a colleague, I don't really need an hour, right? And and just because we have that on the calendar doesn't mean we actually have to spend the entire hour, does it? But I, I do feel some colleagues and some some clients just feel like you know, we've, we've booked this until four o'clock and by God, we're going to stay on here until four o'clock. Right. So I, I love when you get something done in the first 15% of whatever time is allotted. And now you've just found some time. That's, that's like my favorite new thing. Now, does, does anybody else? That's another really funny term. I'm going to give you 15 minutes back to your day. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't like announcing it. Yeah. But thanks for the 15 back. Because that also kind of makes me feel like, oh, you gave me all this time back. Great. Now I can go write a novel. No, no. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I'm not really actually going to do anything that productive with it. So we don't have and to. In many it. cases, the 45 you took could have been an email. So like, <laughs> let's be real about that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like if video calls could become either emails or quick phone calls. And if emails could just become like a quick text message. Like if you need something fast for me, don't send me an email. I'm probably not going to get to it as quick as you want me to. Right. Send me a right. text message. I, I also think something that's worked pretty well for me over the past couple of years is I'm looking at emails now more like a text message instead of a paragraph or two paragraphs or God forbid more, just write one sentence, right? If you have one question, just ask one question because people are not reading an entire, you know, you know, chapter and verse in your email. If you have one question, just ask one question and then maybe send another email with another question. I think you're more likely to get a better response that way. Um, is anybody else finding, you know, changes in how you're emailing and how you're texting and how, how that communication is going back and forth, especially in the past couple of years? Yeah, I've had a lot. So I always say that I wish my email ha was like a lunch meet counter. Like I'm currently working on email 35. You are email 45. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like if I could just get like one of those things, like now serving customer, you know, 20, that would be great. Um, but I do try really hard to, um, you know, answer them in the order received and that's like you know an ongoing challenge because I get very distracted I, that's one of the things I wish that I could figure out just from an efficiency standpoint like how to not get distracted by the new email coming in when I'm working on this one um but I totally agree regarding like the you know the messaging like the um the 30 minute meeting like if it doesn't take all 30 like it's okay we can drop off we don't have to you know continue to chat um and just like the randomly picking up the phone and calling I do feel like now because we're also scheduled 
that it is, there is like a little bit of apprehension to just pick up the phone and randomly call when I haven't like preset, you know, a time to call someone. It's like, oh, I don't want to bother them if they're not, you know, if they're busy or they have another call, but, um, but you know, I mean, I just get over that by thinking like, you know, they just won't answer if they're not available and they'll call me back and it'll be fine. (laughs) Um, I haven't offended them by giving them a call and nobody should, you know, if anyone needs me, they shouldn't feel offended by calling me. Um, at least I hope they don't. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, I definitely try to be more intentional with, with emails. I mean, some of them, I would say at at least it worked for me. A lot of work gets done through email, meaning like I'm not writing like massive memos and long papers, unless somebody really requests that type of work product. I mean, this industry is relatively fast paced, um, which all of you are aware and, and even more so for us on the attorney side. So you know, people want answers pretty quickly, which means I'm not writing, you know, a five page legal analysis on every single email that I get in. Um, So I do use it for, you know, for kind of like long form responses, but generally if it can be um, answered quickly, I will treat it kind of much more like a text. And I think it kind of helps because they come to my phone now, right? So everyone's emailing Mm -hmm. from their phone in addition to their computer. And so I, I think it's almost expected you know, that if I can answer in one or two sentences, I will. Um, and I don't have to go through kind of like the formalities of making it look like a letter. <laughs> right. And and if I get an email, because I read all of my email on my phone, I, I never read an email on my laptop anymore. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I sort it from there or, or I mark it as, oh, this is really long and I have to scroll a lot to get to the end. I'll read this later. Right. So if you send me something nice and short and sweet, guess what? my response is going to be really fast. But if it's something that is going to take time and I actually have to sit down to read this, it's going to be a while. So Kristen, any, uh, any additional thoughts from you on this? Yep. I'm the same way. I'm going to get back to you quick if I can think quick on it. Right. And that most of the time means one to two line read and Mm -hmm. respond. And if I need to read more into it, it's getting flagged and saved for a later time. Yeah. There's something so interesting that I feel like came out of the pandemic that it it peeves me, but I also think it's like, I'd love to get your thoughts. So now with emails, I feel like there's this need for like the human check-in. So, right. We just had Thanksgiving and the holiday week. And before anyone gets to the point, they're like, Hey, hope you're doing well. Your baby's so cute. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And it's like three lines in because they're genuinely wanting to check in. And I just kind of want to get to the point. And then in response, you kind of feel obligated to be like, hope you had a great week too. Saw your, you know, whatever. And, and I have, I think it's almost like a, it's, it's something that I need to work on, but I'm so to the point sometimes, like, I'll just be like, Jack, looking forward to the podcast, Patty, right. Boom, done. Right. (laughs) And sometimes people need that human connection and I miss it. And other times it's like so much that it, it peeves me. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. And like, where, where did we land pro post pandemic on like human check-in first, then the ask, you know, kind regards, Patty kind of thing versus that quick one sentence email. Cause you just need something really fast. I understand the human check-in, but I think there are certain terms back to corporate speak that have just become sort of obligatory check-in terms hope all is well, hope you are doing, no, no, you really don't. No, you, you, you need to know an answer from me on something that, that uh, you're working on right now. 
um, I don't really know that you have that much of a um, care about my well-being today, but okay, we'll play along. So I, I think if we could get away from hope all is well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think when when you're emailing someone, Patty, like you and I have back and forth, it's pretty direct. We just have one or two sentences and that's it. And I appreciate that, right? Because I don't have to sift through all of the the you know the nice chat to get to oh here's her question right um mm-hmm. though i do understand that some people might appreciate that so i i don't know it's it is kind of a fine line between getting down to business and and you know sort of the opening niceties which i get if you're in a meeting and and you're getting together and you 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 know you want to have some small talk first but to me an email is like let's let's get down to business kristen any any thoughts from you on this yeah i mean i am absolutely in agreement especially if i just talked to you 2 days ago and i know how you are right <laughs> <laughs> you know how i am right. so if it's been a quarter since we've connected i'm probably going to hit you with a hey cute photo of the family you know what's new but if it's been a couple of days like let's get to work because we yeah. both have stuff to do <laughs> yeah yeah if things are falling apart over here guess what i would have already told you that so feel free to just hit me with the work part of it uh amanda you you probably have more experience than the rest of us in people who are are on very tight deadlines and have to get down to business and and get to it do you still find that some of those people want that sort of opening nicety and 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 closing niceties when you're dealing with them over email yeah, I have to laugh at this one because I got a, a fair amount of, I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Where is my X, Y, and Z today? <laughs> <laughs> so really, you didn't hope I had a nice Thanksgiving. You, you wanted me to be working during Thanksgiving. Um, no, I get, I get a fair amount of that, especially around the holidays. And um, it, you know, I, I do feel like people actually genuinely do. Um, they want me to know that, you know, A, there's... <laughs> they know I'm a real human person sitting behind this computer, but B, they want, you know, they have something that they believe is, you know, urgent. Um, in a lot of cases it is urgent and I get that it's, it's kind of the, the nature of my job, right? Um, people don't, you know, interact with attorneys if they, you know, just to kind of like <laughs> muse about stuff. I mean, they're usually, they usually want something, um, and they want it done. And as I mentioned, this industry is relatively fast paced. So I do get a fair amount of that. And, um, yeah, I kind of, I think, um, I think I kind of fall in the same, you know, same opinion. Like, I think that again, if we just talked, then, you know, I don't need a, a long intro. Um, one thing that I will say about the pandemic part of it, which is pretty interesting, Patty, because I don't, I agree with you. I think it's kind of picked up since the pandemic. Um, and since everybody's just kind of like become more remote, um, and not really like always in person, like my own team does more check-ins with me than maybe before, um, just because we're not all in person all the time. Um, but one thing I will do is I, I tend to be pretty direct also. And, and sometimes what I'll do is I'll see my, I'll find myself kind of looking back through an email and after I sign off, I'll hit like a, you know, like a PS, like, you know, we should connect like, you know, over coffee next time. And like, you know, once this business thing's behind us, let's get together. Cause I do. Oh, that's an be, interesting idea. So you send it as a, as almost a whole separate thought. Oh, by the way, we should, we should chat about something, you know, not related to this business deal. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't want people to think that I'm disingenuous. And I feel like sometimes like with a lot of the emails that I was getting today, where it's like, I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Let's get down to the point. It's like, you're not really actually thinking about my Thanksgiving. Like you want to know like what it is that, you know, and that's okay. Like I'm totally fine with that. Um, so I don't ever want those things to come off as like disingenuous. So I, if I really do want to talk to you or like, you know, say, Hey, I just saw a picture of the baby or whatever it is, you know, um, I tend to just like, you know, put the topic of the email out there, you know, let's, this is why I'm really emailing, but also I did notice these couple of things about you. And I just wanted to mention them. Like, I hope you're doing well. And you know, my friend, whatever, you know, something like that. Um, because there are people that we get closer to, um, whether they're clients or just, you know, other kind of contacts in, in the industry that we do work with, but we also feel a personal connection to. So, I mean, I always want those people to know I'm thinking about them. Um, and sometimes the text is a better way to do it. You know, just like mm-hmm. if someone pops into your brain, just shoot them a nice kind of, you know, what that's not business related, but sometimes you have reason to kind of interact with them in a business sense. So I try to make it genuine and not so, you know, let me just, <laughs> let's get over the hump and then talk about what I really want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's nice to um, receive a message like that when it isn't something that someone needs or, oh, by the way, I'm looking for a new job. Or, oh, by the way, I need help with getting this new client that I'm trying to sign. Or, oh, by the way, you know, if, if you just get the the random, haven't talked in a while, let's let's get together and have virtual coffee sometime soon. I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's something that could be better than a whole paragraph at the end of some other email, right? And, and that's where I really wanted to end today's conversation is closing emails and other forms of communications. Um, the majority of emails anymore that I get are closed with the word best. And I'm never quite sure how to take that. And uh, and I also see a, a huge number of emails that end in the word cheers. And I think that could be something that some people would find strange. Some people find it friendly. But w- what's everybody's thoughts on best cheers or maybe some other better way to close a communication i always have you guys seen that there was like something that came out earlier this year with all the gen z sign-offs that were like hilarious instead of saying like best or kind regard they were like okay or that's it for now (laughs) or silently struggling on this monday you know stuff like that that were just really hilarious so i've kind of taken to that with signing with humor Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my emails today were like, certainly feels like a Monday after a holiday. And then it's my signature um, <laughs> because it. I think that does like add that humanity factor without that whole like fake niceties thing. Um, adding humor is kind of where I've landed on the the sign off. I can't wait to get an email from you now. So I want to <laughs> I want <laughs> the pressure's on Patty. Kristen, any uh, any thoughts on closing and, and what do you think of best or cheers? Um, I play it pretty safe with my closings. It's usually thanks or thank you or look forward to hearing from you soon. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know that I've ever written cheers or best. I mean, I'm personally fine with it, but a cheers makes me want to go grab a drink. And if it's 9am on a Monday, (laughs) that's not possible. So you just put my mind in a different place than where it needed to be. (laughs) Just reminded you that you have like an eight hour workday ahead of you. Great. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I I think you can't go wrong with thanks. Like there's nothing wrong with just saying thank you to someone. And, and maybe, maybe you're actually saying thank you. Cause I know you're going to do the thing I just asked 
asked for, or or maybe we're just implying, hey, thanks for your consideration on this. So, so all right, counselor, it's up to you. What's the best way to end a uh, a business yet friendly email conversation? Yeah, this is a good one. So I I have heard people say like best is not a thing. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> And I will say, I will use all the best. Occasionally, I usually, I do say thanks if I've like kind of requested something or I'll say thanks in advance. Or um, I sometimes will end with talk soon if like my email asked for to set up some time to talk. Um, but I mean, if I, I do have like one kind of rule for myself, which nobody should feel the need to adopt if they don't want to. But if I don't start the email with your name, then I don't sign it at all. So if you ask me for like a one line response and I respond in one or two sentences and I don't include your name, it's not like a dear Jack. I just respond, then I don't sign anything at all. And I just use my, you know, my like preloaded signature or whatever. I like Because you know it's from me, yeah. right? You know yeah. It's, it's, me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a text, right? You're, you're yeah. not you don't get on text and say, Hey, Jack, and then sign it with your name, unless you're my dad. Right. Then, right, yeah. <laughs> then you do that. <laughs> but, but on a text, you wouldn't do that. So yeah, I kind of like that in, in an email. So yeah. Perfect. I mean, if it's a longer kind of like letter form email, I'll hit you with the hi Jack or the dear Jack. And sometimes I'll write thanks. And just sometimes I'll write my first initial in case, mm-hmm. you know, you can't find that. <laughs> <laughs> in case you ever needed to know my first initial no I don't know I, it's um it's an interesting one but I have moved I have been moving more towards really not putting anything at all because my signature is is right there so you know it's for me right. and um but you know if it's like a call to action sometimes like talk soon or thanks in advance something like that I'll, I'll put that but love that okay I'm gonna I'm gonna adopt that for myself thank you for that and thanks to everybody for sharing some of your favorite or least favorite corporate speak and other uh, business terms um, I want to thank everybody for being here and uh, hope to see you all early in 2023 thanks, thank you. ServiceMinder is the platform for managing and operating home services brands, from tracking marketing efforts to delivering professional online proposals directly to clients, to lead capture, to automating daily tasks. ServiceMinder provides unique tools and integrations designed to make your brand stand out from competitors. See why ServiceMinder currently supports more than 50 home services franchise brands and integration partners. Book a demo today at serviceminder.io. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.